Hi, I'm Janelle Harris, and welcome to the 501c TV show, the podcast that talks to system change leaders, thought leaders, nonprofits, and nonprofit partners to discuss what's new in the industry. Whether you've been around for decades or maybe you're just looking at starting a new nonprofit, this show has information that you're going to want to see. In addition to that, we're also going to give you all of the season's hottest dates and information on all of the highly anticipated events and galas that are going on around the area. Today, I am super excited to be sitting down to talk to the one and only Chip McKenney, founder of Gay Polo League. Hello, Chip. Hi, Janelle. Thank you for having me on. And congratulations on your new show. Oh, thank you so much. I can't think of a more exciting guest to have as the first person here. Um, So why don't you just do me a favor and introduce yourself a little bit and tell me about you and how Gay Polo League got started and just a little background. So I am the founder and president of the Gay Polo League, which is the only gay-identified polo league in the world. I started in 2006, actually, when I was living in Los Angeles. Okay. And I started it specifically because I wanted to increase my social network <laughs> within the LGBT community. I didn't really have a vision beyond that. Okay. Um, and I started it sort of as a ragtag once a month type thing. Okay. And I would invite friends. We would go to the Santa Barbara Polo Club and I'd invite friends to come and take a lesson in the arena. Mm-hmm. And then we'd have a picnic afterwards and watch real polo being played. Awesome. So it started out a little... Um, pretty innocently, really. And then rolling forward in about a year or two into it, I started getting more organized. So like I mm-hmm. built a website and then I started some social media. This when social media first came out. Yeah. And it just started to snowball very quickly. And, okay. and now we have members in 15 countries. I saw and that we online. Produce, isn't that great? It's so cool. And, and, and we keep getting more and more people which is incredible. Yeah. So that's exciting. And then we also now, at first I just produce like little local fun things in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Like, you know, I did a gay for a day where gay people could bring their non-gay friends and we'd all play <laughs> polo <laughs> together badly. And then we would yeah. we'd sit around and drink and eat. I love it. And then, and then that kind of morphed into this, well, let's do tournaments. And then mm-hmm. now we have international tournaments and our biggest one is here in Wellington yep. every April. And then we produce tournaments in Europe and in South America. Okay. So um, the game of polo itself, I mean, I can't think of any other sports that, I mean, just so fun. And also, did you grow up playing polo? Like, how did you, how did you kind of get into polo? And then, you know, obviously it morphed into being a, um, a platform for, for this fundraising and kind of philanthropy that you do every year. So I'm, I'm a, passionate about horses from birth okay it was always in my dna my grandfather had raced horses and okay uh and it just it just hit me hard and my background actually is not in polo i didn't ever see a polo game till i was about 40. really but i showed jumpers and i did that as a junior in new england and then i went to graduate school in los angeles after i got out of graduate school then i bought jumpers and i competed um pretty extensively for years and at the age of 50 uh, I decided I'd done enough with jumpers and okay. everything I could do given the time, the talent and the horses I yep. had. So I ended up getting out of horses thinking, okay, that was that. And I'm, I'm going to get out of horses entirely and I'll find another passion mm. instead. But you couldn't. No, and you didn't. no. And instead I was introduced to, to uh, polo by a friend of mine who was still playing at the age of 77. Oh my gosh. That's and amazing. And he and his wife were very good friends of mine. And, 
um, he said, why don't you just get on my polo pony and see what you think? Okay. So I did, and I loved it. And then I took a polo lesson in Santa Barbara. And literally, halfway through the lesson, I pulled up and I said to the polo coach, um, who I didn't know, I said to him, you know, John, I've decided this is a perfect sport for gay people, and I'm going to start a gay polo league. And it just hit you just like that. It did hit me just like that. Oh, my gosh. That's so fun. And that was the birth. I mean, I can tell you that since moving to Wellington, if you haven't been to a polo match, I I know very little about the actual game, but I'm learning more and more every time I go. But it's the... um, it's the it's the social it's the camaraderie mm-hmm. it's the um it's just the whole fanfare i think of the yeah the, i think that's the true. spectator mm-hmm. side of the sport correct because it's a very pretty woman moment i mean it's a very you know you dress up and there's a lot of action on the field but really the fun action is on the side of the field absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. which kind of leads us into um your event coming up so yes, april 6th through 9th correct 2023 is it's been on my calendar since the date was announced. Oh really? Oh so good, I am good, good. Super excited. I hope you'll come and I hope you'll bring everybody you know I and will a few bring people you don't know. Tons. Like I'm <laughs> super excited for this. I've been waiting, like I told you um, off camera, I've been waiting years to do this. So I'm so I'm oh. very excited. So tell us a little bit about the event. Um, mm. you know, what what can we expect from the weekend? How does that work? And then also um, after that we'll talk about the the fundraising aspect of it, which I think is phenomenal if you look at it historically about the amount of money that you guys have been able to raise year over year. The uh, event this year is going to start on April 6th, and it's a five-day event, actually. Okay. But for the, it's bookended by events that are invitation only. Gotcha. So on Wednesday, we have players flying in this year from six different countries. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And we have an entire LGBT uh, team flying in from France to compete. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. And that's First amazing. time? First time. Oh, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and then we... So fr- Wednesday night, we have a reception for all the players mm-hmm. that's just the players and their significant others spouses etc and then on thursday we have a vip reception that we're going to do at nomad okay. in um, west palm beach which is a very groovy art space wine bar type thing owned awesome. by sean rush he's amazing okay so we're going to do that and that's just for players and sponsors gotcha. and that's where we get to thank the sponsors and, and recognize them for supporting diversity and particularly the gpl then friday night we have GPL presents GPL Palutini. That's very cute. I saw that. Right. Online. Presents Wigstock. Oh my God. And this is a fundraising event for okay. us. So this is like the main fundraising event. And we have open bar and dancing, entertainment, food, and it's a blast. And is that one open to the public? Like it is open to the ticket? public. Yeah. It is a Perfect. ticketed event. Noted. Uh, right. Noted. <laughs> Make sure uh, gaypolo.com. Yes. Go to gaypolo.com. Please check it out. So, <laughs> Polotini. And, and, and buy tickets. <laughs> so that's our fundraising event, and that's okay. a lot of fun. And gotcha. uh, it is open, and it is ticketed, and we call it Wigstock because everybody wears a wig. Oh, my God. Which is so much fun because, honestly, if people put on wigs, they just change. They become different people. They absolutely it, change. Yeah, it's hilarious. I, um, I went to a bachelorette party many, many years ago, and that was... The requirement. Uh-huh. We all had to wear a different it, wig. And, oh, and, and people do put on wigs and they, and, and they love it. So <laughs> that's fun. And then on Saturday, we have our big GPL final matches. Okay. And that gates open at noon. That first match is at one. Mm-hmm. The finals are at three and followed by this award ceremony and the after party. Okay. And is this the tailgate? Mm-hmm. Saturday is the tailgate. Correct. So on Saturday, in addition to polo, because our event is as much social as it is sport. Yes. So... 
uh, the tailgaters compete to win awards. So we have categories of five different awards. Gotcha. And then we have a judge, uh, actually a judge committee, okay. that goes around and interviews all the tailgates and samples the food and samples the drink. I mean, it's, it's great. Oh, my gosh. And people put a lot, of, a lot of effort and a lot of time and creativity into building a presence. And I think the thing, if, if you haven't been to our event, I'll contextualize it this yeah. way. The GPL event is like the love child between Burning Man and Pretty Woman. <laughs> That's amazing. So it really is that type of thing. Like Wonderful. we're very unique in, in gay sports and we're very unique in the polo world. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, perfect. So um, one thing I wanted you to talk about too was, um, and thank you for that. That makes me just more excited for the entire weekend. But um, I'm going through my notes here and what I saw online um, your mission statement, which I love. I love your battle cry, which yeah. is the slightest different makes all the difference, mm -hmm. which I love. That's an amazing quote. Um, and then I'm just looking at the various um, organizations that you guys have supported. This says 2018. Is this Correct. like when we're first like? Yes, that was when we first became a 501c3. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. I love that. And so <clears throat> the numbers are just staggering. So we went from $4,700 raised in 2018 to last year, you were over $135,000. I know, isn't that amazing? It is it yeah. makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> me too. You know, it's interesting. As, as we started this, I didn't know anything about 501c3s. Mm -hmm. And I didn't start out with this vision that right. our event could be a platform to raise money and, and make a difference in people's lives. Yeah. That just sort of came later in the game. Which I think is even like a cooler part of the story because it really is kind of an, an organic thing. Um, and and. I think it makes the whole message more powerful and, and what you were able to do. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think it is important because now we do have a platform and we do have an identity and a brand that has value and we can use it to help other people. Absolutely. So what we did, um, and a lot of people touch this event, it's not just me, I just mm -hmm. get to be the, the spokesperson <laughs> in the face of it, but a lot of people worked together and, and helped educate me on what the benefits of a 501c3. So we were going after sponsors and some sponsors give you money out of their marketing funds mm -hmm. or they have foundation funds. Right. And foundations only give to nonprofits. Correct. But marketing will give to anybody. Right. So we, we felt like we were serving two masters and making it easy for people to say yes. Yeah. Here's the, here's the thing that I was naive about. So we became a 501c3 and that's just paperwork. Yeah. Right. That's just... But then there's a fundraising component to it. I'm not a fundraiser. I had no experience in that at mm -hmm. all. So part of the the elevation in, in fundraising dollars was the fact that other people stepped in and started helping with fundraising. And that's a great point. So one thing I, you know, in talking with a lot of nonprofits, you know, they say that um, I, you know, <clears throat> I might have started this with my mission and my vision, but without a good team around you so that everyone kind of has an expertise on what to do, how to do it, and I'm sure every year you you learn a little bit more along the way. You you learn as much good as you do bad. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure. <laughs> and what works and what oh maybe that didn't work as well as we hoped, and yeah. you you move on from that. But what would you say would be um, the biggest thing that you've learned? The biggest takeaway starting from Chip back in 2018, just starting out to now we're going into 2023, and you know I. I think you can blow this number from last year even out. I water. hope so. I honestly, uh, my goal is to turn the International Gay Polo Tournament in Wellington into a million dollar fundraiser. 
That's my vision and my goal. Okay. And I believe it's doable. Yeah. I don't think it'll be, and I don't think it'll happen overnight. I'd be thrilled if it did, mm-hmm. but, but we're, we're on our way to getting there. I think the thing I learned the most is stay true to your vision mm-hmm. because there's a lot of um, influencing that wants to pull you off who you are or away from your brand. Right. And, and that for me was something that I learned sort of going, going through this year after year after year. For example, because we are an LGBT identified league, there's this tendency for people to want to sexualize us. Mm-hmm. But being gay is not about sex entirely. It's about a lot of things. Right. And so along that spectrum, um, we stayed true to the fact, no, you know, we're never going to have a calendar of hot, you know, gay polo players with right. their shirts on. Like, that's not us. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I feel once you understand what your brand values are and you stay true to those and good things happen and you start attracting like kind companies Absolutely. and sponsors and yeah. people. I think like good people always, att- good mm-hmm. always attracts the good. And um, it makes me happy to hear you say that, that you know, you kind of stayed, stayed the course when it's easy to to be pulled. Well, it is easy to be pulled. And you know, people are, can be so um, enthused about what their idea, what their concept is of who our league should be and how we reflect ourselves and present ourselves, that it it can be tempting to go off the rails a bit. I'm sure. But we don't. Good. I love that. (laughs) I love that. I'm so looking forward to it. I'm not Um, saying we never will. I'm just saying we haven't so far. (laughs) So far, so good. So far. Um, So, Let's talk a little bit about um, just sports for, you know, the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Um, I did watch an interview. I, I've, you know, I, I stalked you a little bit and I watched a few interviews um, that you've done previously. And in one of them, I was I was interested in the fact that you said as a as a young man, you never mm-hmm. played a team sport. No, never. Which I find so fascinating. So mm-hmm. why do you think that is? And, and you know, for for GPL, why is that so important now to be able to give that message to anyone really mm. at, at, at any age, any gender that you can you can play a sport like this? And, um, you know, what, what do you think the takeaway is there and how has this helped you? I think actually from my own, I can only speak from my own yeah. experience. Um, when I was a kid, of course, I didn't I was gay, but I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. I just knew it was wrong. Okay. I just knew that 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 wasn't acceptable. So I had to like be very quiet about that. Mm-hmm. And my my fear of being found out and exposed as a gay kid was um, was really the trajectory that took me into solo sports. Yeah. So I was always passionate about horses. Yeah. I was always passionate about skiing. I was passionate about water skiing. So and those were the sports I pursued. Gotcha. And the reason I did was because it was I had no fear of being found out. Right. Then and they're also those are also sports that because they're solo sports you you have a tendency of being a little more uh, distant from people so that's how I protected myself as a gay kid the 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 flip side of that is you, you don't have that team sport experience and mm-hmm. team sports really they're powerful yeah sports in the fact that you build dependence and interact with people and and you learn how to play together so it's not about you winning or losing it's about us winning or losing correct or do did we play well or you know, should somebody be better? So tell me, can you, can you help me get better? Those type of things. So um, that was really true. I didn't play any team sports. Also, polo at the time, because I did show jumping up to the age of 50, which is another solo sport. Yes. Um, you know, it, it, polo, I didn't know anything about it. Uh, it was kind of an invisible sport. Mm-hmm. And then when I first started it, 
I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> like it really is amazing to play on a team of four people against another team of four people. Riding a 1,200 pound. 1,200 pound animal. At 30 miles an hour. Hitting a ball that's this big. Three inches in diameter. With, with a stick. <laughs> it's so absurd, but I'm telling you, it's wildly addicting. I, it is. It's the most adrenaline rush, I think, of any sport. And I haven't done all sports, but all the sports yeah. I've done, it's the most adrenaline. I, I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, a, a, a regular sport on its own is, you know, crazy. Mm. And then you throw in all the other elements. Every... I've been going to polo now more and more and more mm. over, because it's just what you have to do here in Wellington. Of course. And it's it's amazing. But um, I learn a little bit more about the actual game every mm. time I go. And it's just, it's uh, it's astounding. You know the thing that uh, appealed to me about it right from the get First of all, I love horses. So, you know, they're the most magnificent creatures yes. in the world for me. Um, but, you know, the whole, the, it's, a, it's a beautiful sport. It's an ancient sport. Mm -hmm. There's an elegance to it, and there's a, there's a beauty to it all of its own. And it's a, also a sport that is played all around the world. Mm -hmm. And unlike show jumping, which is, I, which is the sport I excelled in prior to this, uh, you can go anywhere in the world and lease a polo pony and get in a polo game. Which is so crazy. Yeah. And the other thing is it's wildly inclusive because it is a team sport. Right. So even when I started the Gay Polo League and we started being known, we, we got a lot of invitations to play. It was sort of like, oh, I don't really care if you're gay. But I'm just happy you play polo, so why don't you come play with us? Yeah. Right. And so that was great. That was really, that was really fun for me to, to realize that there's this whole other world yes. of team sports that can be inclusive and inviting. Totally inclusive, which mm -hmm. which I love about that. There's really yeah. no like barrier. Like you said, anybody can just pick up and yeah, and there, join yeah. In I mean, and, you know, and, and and I would be I wouldn't be telling you the truth if I didn't say that there's been some opponents to a gay polo league, and I'm I often sure. get the question why. Mm -hmm. which is a fair question. Of course. And then I get that stupid, irritating question of, are the horses gay? Oh, my God. Like, oh, no. Shut up. Yeah, please don't ask that. That's <laughs> just silly. Please, that's so stupid. Yeah, it is. That's They're not. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> but but if the they were, hairstyles. they'd be fine with they us. They would be yeah. fine. They would be fine. That's, that's silly. Um, so, and, and then let's go back to just a little bit about... Um, some of these other events that are going on around the world. So mm -hmm. there's there's other um, events in other countries. And I just want to touch on quickly is um, where are the other gay polo leagues? How come how come other leagues haven't formed in other places? Well, I you know, again, um, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I think it's something you have to have a real private passion for. Yeah. And I think it boils down to the individual. OK, because certainly there are LGBT polo players all around the world. Sure. And there was opportunities to to play um, on in polo tournaments around. That's an interesting question. I don't really know the right answer I to know. give you, but I don't it, either. It was just when I yeah. thought about it, I'm like, I can't believe there's not mm. more gay polo leagues. Well, like well, uh, you know, and sort of to give you a little bit of insight into gay sports. So gay sports organized. Uh, generally are organized in chapters. So you have like the Gay Softball League, which is a national league, right. probably international now. But they have chapters in different cities and chapters play other chapters. Gotcha. Because we're the only gay polo league in the world, we actually um, have to produce our own events mm -hmm. so that we can create the opportunity sure. to play with the gay polo players. Right. Uh, 
and we've done events in Saint Tropez for a couple of years. We've done <laughs> London. I, I know. Oh my god. And, Poor you. Well, you know, here's here's the thing. I mean, it is the destinations of polo clubs are beautiful. Yeah. It's like what golfers must feel like yes. when they go and see these gorgeous golf courses because yeah. polo pitches are huge and they're green and they're open and yeah. it, they're you know it's beautiful. I, it's stunning. Mm-hmm. And then you put this like magnificent creature on it. And yeah. Magnificent riders right. and you know all of that. It just kind of kind of goes together. Yeah. So. Um, let's see here. So let me just recap here. You've given me all, all the good stuff that I need. Is there anything that we didn't cover, Chip, that you want to say that yes. you really want to get out there about gay polo league? Yeah, particularly about our league. So we are uh, an LGBT self-identified gay polo league. That said, we are inclusive. We're not exclusive. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of really strong allies that support us. And almost every tournament we have... Um, allies that play on our teams. Mm -hmm. So we invite that. We think it's super important that this is a a league for everybody. And we have no expectations or set definitions of the quality of play or your athletic ability. Really, it's the only expectations that we have is if you want to play with a GPL, you make it a better day because you're there. I love that. And that's very simple. It's very simple. And you know, and it works and, and uh, people seem to get it. Yeah. Which makes us happy. Listen, if, if it's a happy day out and everybody is just, you know, having a good time together and um, out there for the mm-hmm. cause, then I don't see anything. Yeah. That you know, recently we were inducted into the Palm Beach Sports Hall of Fame. I saw this. In 2022, which was amazing. We, we were awarded the champion of diversity, inclusion, and uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion yes. event, which was tremendous. For us, it was a, a badge of honor because we were voted in... Uh, by non-gay committees, which so that sort of gave us a sense of okay, we've accomplished one thing, right? And um, when when I talked about when I received the award and we were talking about it, um, I decided I would answer the question about why a gay polo league and why it matters, mm-hmm. and it really boils down to this: you know, if you elevate awareness of LGBT athletes, you hopefully stimulate discussions Yes, with people who may question why the need, why, mm-hmm. why is it important? Why does it matter? And with discussion, hopefully it comes understanding mm-hmm. and understanding is really the foundation of inclusion. Absolutely. So that's, that's the answer now. I love it. It's a fantastic message. Um, Anything else, Chip, that you want to include? I'm, I'm going to throw out the dates again one more time. And I, I believe Tickets will be on sale soon as I have <laughs> Hopefully you know, today or tomorrow. badgered you about enough yes, here. But um, April 6th through 9th is the is the um, Gay Polo League event. It cannot be missed. Um, tickets will be available online at, at gaypolo.com. gaypolo.com. And we certainly hope everyone will come. We're welcome. You know, we do pride ourselves on being uh, a family event. So it, it's perfect for everybody. Yes. And I, I guarantee you, you'll have... An afternoon or an evening, unlike you've had before. I've heard all about it. I'm super excited. Um, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I I can't tell you how exciting it is to meet you and to have you in our community here in Wellington and um, just somebody that's around here doing doing good things and being a good person. Thank you. I appreciate it. And also, I appreciate you letting me introduce GPL to your audience. Thank you very much. Um, Again, We've, we've talked about where to find uh, Chip and Gay Polo League. And as always, thank you for joining us on 501CTV. I want to give a big shout out also to Kana House Studios, the only 
and best content creation studio here in Wellington, Florida. And if you wanna follow me on 501CTV, or you know somebody that you think might be a great guest to have on here to talk about um, their nonprofit or their expertise in some area of nonprofits, please visit our website at 501CTs.com. And there is a little space there where you can go on and fill out a form and nominate yourself or somebody great like Chip to come join us in studio here and talk soon. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thanks, Chip. Bye-bye.